So we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NBA, NFL, and sometimes college. Uh, this week, we give you the best of MLB firings and how that's really going to affect the MLB. McGregor versus Cowboy fight in the UFC. A little bit of NBA with Zion's return, uh, New Orleans success, and what two players actually met up at Drake's house to plan their future along with the NFL playoffs. The great two games that will build up to the Super Bowl, Chiefs versus Titan and Packers versus 49ers, and a little bit of extra NFL talk. But before we get into it, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the host. My name is Alex, and Muhammad say something for them. Hey, just want to say what's up to all our listeners. Thank you for listening and make sure you also subscribe to our podcast and other platforms, including Instagram and Twitter. Yes, of course. Follow, follow. It makes it real easy when you press that subscribe button. You're going to have to bear with me this week. I did lose my voice uh, playing a party game uh, <laughs> this past weekend. Just to go ahead and put it out there, see if they just wondering why my voice is a little bit deeper. I actually had no voice earlier so but trust me i'm going to give you all our best news uh we're going to go ahead and begin with the mlb the national baseball league and the firings that have come from side effects from the cheating scandal uh where there was the astros and the red sox already being found pretty much guilty for cheating uh there has been some more some more Firings leveled out after the firing of the Astros GM and manager Jeff Lunau and A.J. Hinch. But it is now spread to who used to be a player but now is a manager for the Mets with Carlos Beltran, a very popular player. But at the time when he won the World Series with uh, the Astros, he was actually a player at that time. Uh, but as they have stated, the MLB League, they said no penalties should be held, uh, dealt out to the players since it was, quote-unquote, widespread. Now, this is now thrown the Internet into a frenzy. Now, the Internet is going crazy trying to find out which players were cheating and when they were cheating because these games are recorded. Uh, one big example is a player who, after hitting a very pivotal hit, uh, against a uh, opponent, screamed out, "Do not tear, stare, sorry, do not tear off my jersey, don't tear off my jersey." As it's been a celebration when you pat, when you hit a home run winning uh, hit or home run, and you come across the plate and they celebrate with you, sometimes tearing off your shirt. But he is now being accused of being one of the players who were part of the scandal. Uh, maybe he had an electronic device up under his shirt. Maybe he didn't. But the Internet is going quite crazy over the questions on who was a part of it. Now, how long do you think it will be before our players go down with this cheating scandal or will they ever? I would say right now it's, it's going to take a while because it seems like this is very widespread, and you don't know how many people were in this cheating scandal. You now have coaches that are, they were a part of the Astros, now a part of other teams, and then other players. So you got 
these players and coaches who were involved in this whole scandal spread all throughout the league. So it's kind of hard to pick and choose who to suspend at this point, but it's going to take a while if they ever do get penalized for it. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that none of the players are actually going to get any penalties for this because it just seems like it's everywhere. Everybody does it. They're just going to set a a rule to the point where they cut all of this out like this. They're going to try to eliminate it by just making a one big rule and just start from scratch. Really, I, I don't see how they can, I guess, penalize every single player or every single coach in this situation. Well, in this situation, you can't build a rule which was already a rule. It's already known you don't use the cameras to steal calls. Now, there's a loose rule about stealing calls if you see it and you just learn their calls. That's been a part of the game for a long while. But directly making sure you know exactly which calls and using the company cameras to do so is is to throw it in there is on the Patriots level of uh, I, I know I'm coming out strong real quick, but it's on that level of Spygate. It is. It's well, well worse. don't go and lose your voice so quickly. Let's, <laughs> let's keep it on the Mets today. <laughs> well, it's not just the Mets. It's really the whole league that I'm thinking is going to be completely affected by this. The Internet's going to find they have a new thing or I say they have a new interest in the MLB, and it's not for good reasons. It's not to see, oh, what great player is going to be there or uh, who's going to do this, who's going to win the World Series, because it honestly does not matter anymore. We've already seen the past two uh, winners be cheaters and also go down for the cheating at this point and where there's going to be more and more firings to come uh, from the scandal. So... I actually think it'll be soon. I think it'd be. I think I would think it's this upcoming year where players will be outed, uh, whether it be through people talking or the internet finding out. But either way, they're going to find out. I, I, it just seems like the MLB doesn't want to punish anybody who's a current player, but that makes it, you up for free game once you retire or you're not uh, important to the league. Well, it's just hard to suspend or penalize all these people when they're all over the place, and that just affects the game as a whole. So it's it's just really hard to see right now. Well, um, I, I, go ahead. I don't think they're going to have a choice. That's why I'm saying, like, yeah, players that are playing, yes. But as soon as you retire or you're not on one of these ball clubs' uh, rosters, I think you're up for fair game if you are a part of it. And – who we're waiting for our, uh, uh, who was another person who, who ratted on them about the steroids era? Canseco? Was it Canseco? I think it was. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, Jose Canseco. It was him. Jose Canseco is, we're waiting for that person. Waiting for the person who's going to out them. And, and if they vacate the wins, they'll get a whole lot quicker to who did what and how that happened, but of course the MLB doesn't really want that out. Yeah, but I mean, it, this is in baseball's history, a whole bunch of cheating with steroids and now stealing signals. I, I think stealing signals has always gone on, but I, I guess using the cameras or whatever is just out of bounds. But 
it's this is just going to continue. I, I don't see this really changing too much. Well, it, it's, it's you're right. Uh, stealing signals have been in the league, but it was under a certain type of fair game type thing, and it wasn't a uh, technology. Um, so now let's say uh, I, I know this would be a bad example, but let's say you had a, a robotic um, athletic person and he does not get tired. He will hit you, keep going, and he looks like a human. But, hey, since there's new rules and all that, uh, they're just going to succeed. So I, I'm just I, I say it's a problem when it comes to the actual cameras. But do you find it uh, do you find this type of cheating worse than the steroids era? I think it's really the same because you still kind of gain you gain an advantage either way competitively. So well, they affect the result of the game. You know, the steroids, they hit better home runs and more frequently and then stealing signals to know exactly what's coming so you can get on base. So it, I feel like it's equal. Sequel? Well, I don't think so. And actually, players are starting to share that they don't feel it is uh, as that it is worse uh, by cheating and stealing calls over steroids. Steroids was slightly an even playing field. It didn't specifically give you the eye coordination, but it definitely gives you the strength. But with it being so widespread, everybody kind of was on the same playing field. Uh, it, it, and if you were excelling while being off of them, hey, even better for you. You should get more credit there. I think that's the way overall the players felt about the era of steroids and even the fans feel about the era of steroids. Fans do not look at the steroids era as a downfall. It seemed like it was the most exciting era of baseball. And that's kind of bad. That's quite bad to say. It is bad to say, but. It, either way, it's cheating. It's <laughs> I, I think either way, you're gaining a competitive advantage, and I, I don't think it's too different than. Well, I, I don't think the steroids era is any different than the stealing signals because I feel like everybody's doing it. Like you were saying, it's an even playing ground. All parties are doing it, so I I, I think it's all the same. Well. I, I think the players are going to and the retired players are the ones who are going to really dictate how severe this is. And mostly because it's going to come down to Hall of Fame type votes. I know it makes it harder to just really wipe somebody out of the Hall of Fame because they were a part of a cheating team. And it may be easier for you to uh, act for people to act like that when it comes to steroids. But I think there is more trouble to come. And like I told you also in the last episode, I just think they should go with an even playing field, close the record books, and start up a new type of game because there's nothing credible about the game anymore. But was it ever? So <laughs> well, I think, it I think was. you just say. <laughs> at one time, at one time, Bay's roof time maybe. But really even then, there were always tricks to a lot of different things. Uh, because honestly, I, think, I think this is a random thing out of nowhere, but we don't really discount the stick'em era in the NFL. That was highly unfair compared to the, the players who don't play with stick'em on their hands. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, even Jerry Rice, he came out and said he used stick'em. Um, I'm pretty sure it was illegal at that time, but even he used it. Yeah, and I, I still think he's the greatest receiver ever. And so they, it kind of does it doesn't really matter whether these players cheat or is it mo- mostly about the storyline. It's all about the storyline. <laughs> agree, and that was a random question, but yeah, I definitely agree. And I'm gonna move on to the UFC where we had Conor McGregor returning to the UFC ring, fighting against Cowboy. Um, now, one big difference between these fighters is. Cowboy did not come down to Conor McGregor's weight, where he was roughly about 20 pounds heavier than Conor McGregor and even taller than Conor McGregor, which made you maybe lead you to think that this would be a real fight. It wasn't. It lasted a total of 40 seconds. Conor McGregor lands a few shoulders, kick a full kick to the head, and after that, a, he pretty much beat him into submission as that fight only lasted 40 seconds. So I ask, is Conor McGregor as great as he's shown in this fight, or was this more about subpar competition? I think it's more about subpar competition. Most people weren't really looking forward to this fight. They wanted a, a rematch between him and Khabib. It, it got pretty b- brutal in the ending. Because Conor McGregor, I'm pretty sure he got knocked out, and then there was a whole bunch of tossing of uh, chairs and all that stuff after the fight. So people really want to see that fight because that has a lot of tension and history behind it. This fight was more like a warm-up. Um, and Conor, I think this this was his last win, well, his first win in probably three years because he, he's been missing ever since he got knocked out by Khabib. So it's, it's, this was just a warm-up. He said he wants to do three to four fights this year, but we'll see how far that goes, just looking at whoever lines up to fight him next. Okay. And I think it's a mixture of both. I actually do think McGregor is quite great at fighting. I'm not sure exactly how great, but I do think he's great enough to watch. He's a, he's a good show. But that was definitely subpar competition. Uh, this man did not last 40 seconds. And I really think this is more like a warm-up situation because I, I did see where uh, Dana White pretty much was proposed from McGregor that he needs to be able to uh, compete for the belt in UFC and his weight class. And Dana White, who's the owner of the UFC, um, shot him down, said, there's no way. There's no way you're going to just bounce back. You already took a loss, and you're going to come out and be able to compete for the uh, belt. And I guess McGregor's really making that point because he brings in the dollars for uh, attracting eyes, and he is now seen as the, not the largest UFC fighter, but the, the most popular for his weight class. And the biggest way to get eyes on sport. So, I, really, this was just, it. Really, was a warm up. It was a warm up to get to the next step that he has to get to, so he can get challenged for the actual belt of the USC, and then move on to the next step, which is actually probably going to be Mayweather. But I'll let it you go ahead and uh, address what I said. Well, yeah, I agree. It's a warm up. Um, he has to get through Khabib to go and get that 
that title, I think. I'm, I'm not sure if he holds that right now, could be, but he was the last one who embarrassed him. So he, he really needs to get back on track and beat him before he goes anywhere else. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and since I led it into this, would you really want to see McGregor versus Mayweather fight part two? No, I, I don't want to see Mayweather versus anybody. I, <laughs> I don't want to see anything. None of that. Stay in the UFC, McGregor. Don't don't go back to boxing because he's just doing it for the money and for the antics. Because that's where all of his um, attention comes from. The pre-game antics and then the the uh, post-game antics. It's not really all about his skill. I mean, he he is a skilled fighter, but I wouldn't say he's the best. True, and you're gonna hate me for this comparison, uh, but. I like, I, a little bit like my, uh, Muhammad Ali. He was, but Muhammad Ali was actually great in the ring. But he was a big show outside, before and after a fight. So we're in it's the entertainment business. And even if he did lose again, I, I guess there'd just be less eyes watching. But he's gonna keep bringing in the dollars because it's a full show. It's not just him in the ring. As you are looking at it as a negative. He's looking at it as a positive, and that's why he's getting the dollars. Actually, I think uh, Conor McGregor got somewhere around $2 million for this fight, and Cowboy got around 200000 It's not even comparable. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he's in it for the money, and that's why he wants to go back and fight Floyd Mayweather, even if he loses. He doesn't care about that, just for the antics and the money. Well, I, I definitely agree. I, I don't think he even even – Maybe the first time he thought he might be able to win, but I know he knows this time he wouldn't win. It's literally about a money grab. That's all. Because I'm not exactly sure on this number, but I think he got somewhere around $40 million for that fight with uh, Mayweather, and Mayweather got about $200 million. So it, I, I think they're building for this money grab because Mayweather, he's not going to fight a fight that he can actually lose. Again, because it, it would hurt his brand completely to get knocked out or lose in any fight. He knows he can outbox uh, McGregor, and people are going to attract eyes, and the money will be there because they are going to attract you just enough to buy that ticket and BS you enough to look at it that they will get that money grab. And I do think it's in the works. Yeah, but I think that, the better rematch would probably be Pacquiao and Mayweather. I think it's about time to come back with that if the fighters are up for that. I agree. I think this. I think the ball is all the way in Mayweather's court. It's a whether I want more money or do I want more money. That's the way he thinks. I think. I don't think there is a no money or no money. Uh, so he's gonna choose either one of them. I would love for it to be a rematch for Pacquiao and Mayweather. Simply because I know more about Pacquiao's side of the ring, how he's a a singer. He actually sells albums. He's a a whole uh, governor, or is it he's uh, he's not the president of his country. He's, he's some type some, of leader. Yeah, he, he's a, a big leader in his country. He's out here singing R and B, leading countries, and fighting Mayweather in uh, his off time. Are, are you serious? Like, I, I really just would want to see him. Even though he's old, older right now and he really shouldn't fight Mayweather, that would be the better watch. The other one, 
I would only be watching it because it would be on TV and all my friends would be watching. That's the only reason why. Yeah, uh, McGregor, he's all in it for the money. Um, and I'm pretty sure he, he, he doesn't want to go back to those lower fights in the UFC and get $2 million and kicked in the head and all that stuff when he can go and fight a boxer like Mayweather and make $40 million or even more. He more than likely can make more this time around because uh, inflation. That was years ago. Yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. years ago. <laughs> but um, we move on to basketball, where it's another interesting story of the Kawhi offseason tales. Now, in this edition, it has now come out that Paul George met with Kawhi at Drake's house in Canada to talk about the move to L.A. to the Clippers this season that we're in. So this all happened in this past offseason. So as more of this story comes out, how surprised are you by Kawhi's behind-the-scene movements? At this point, it's I, I shouldn't be too surprised. We've already seen the master manipulator that Kawhi Leonard is once he finessed the Lakers and went to go to the, the Clippers. So at this point, I'm not really too surprised. But beforehand, oh, yeah, I'd be very surprised because, I mean, I, I guess he's a, a quiet guy. Um, people were offering the whole country of Canada to for him to have if he stayed with Toronto. But I, I would have thought that he, he would have liked to stay in Toronto because of everything that he was offered and then winning a championship there. He could build a dynasty, have his own legacy there. But in the end, he wanted to go home, but not to the Lakers, to the Clippers. And he, he's just the master manipulator talking to everybody well, making it seem like he wants to go to their team. But he had one true motive in the end. Uh, so he was pulling strings and being that master manipulator. Yeah. Uh, well, what it told me about his behind the scene movements that he's playing chess and everybody else is playing checkers. Man, this quiet guy is dangerous, I have to say. Now, Kawhi has asked for the entire world from the Lakers, only to stalemate them from the free agency that dried up very quickly, and also got the biggest promoter for him staying in the country to organize a meeting with the person he's about to have a revolt with to go to a whole nother city. Like it, it's, it's amazing. Like this man really might be the master manipulator and knows that silence is the best move. Uh, I, I would buy him being in a, uh, a star Wars movie. He, 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 what he is quite the manipulator. And the only reason why I said that I can see him being a Jedi. He, cause he definitely has the mind tricks for you. Um, so I'll actually move to the next question. Who left the Raptors more out to dry, Kawhi or Drake? Um, what did Drake do? He let them meet at his house as he was looking at the one talking about part ownership, uh, stay with the Raptors and all this other stuff. He was supposed to be uh, number one best fan of the Raptors trying to get Kawhi to stay there. Well, it's, it's definitely Kawhi. Uh, he, he gave them the opportunity to look at him and 
say, we want, we want you to stay here. He gave them the notion that he was intended, intending to go and stay with them, but he, he never wanted to stay there. Uh, I'm not sure of the conditions staying in Toronto. Um, it's probably not as nice as being in Los Angeles and being near home and where you grew up and every, everything, seeing everybody from your past. So um, it's, it's definitely Kawhi Leonard. Drake, um, I mean, he's a music guy. He's, he, he, he doesn't deal with the NBA. I mean, he does as a fan, but he, he doesn't do all of the transactions and all that stuff. So I can't put too much blame on him. Well, are you versed in like his uh, partnership with the Raptors? Well, it's I don't know. I, I, I'm just saying, no, he's it, it's not his fault. It's it's all on Kawhi Leonard, the well, master manipulator. I, I just can't go with he's not a basketball guy when he's heavily affiliated with the Raptors directly. He <laughs> the, the practice facility is called the OVO practice facility. That is Drake. But you can't put that on him. No, I'm not saying I'm putting it on him, but he definitely didn't help the situation by having a meeting spot, spot for two players who don't know what they're doing before they enter that situation. He assisted the situation. He assisted it without knowing what the result could be. You, you really think that's what he did? So... Kawhi is even more of a master. He even tricked Drake into uh, having a meeting with the person, his competition at his own house. Well, yeah, because there were thoughts of uh, Paul George going to Toronto, but really Kawhi Leonard, he had all all mm. of the, the thoughts no. from everybody. He, he, he knew what everybody wanted. There was zero talks of uh, PG going to the Raptors. He had just That's resigned with OK. They, no, no. They, there was a combination of Westbrook and Paul George going to Toronto. Oh, oh yeah. yeah that, that was one. That was one. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. But that was a grouping situation to build a long standing team. That, that there was no there was no realistic scenario, even in Drake's non basketball mind, as you say. That he would yeah, non basketball. So even with that, you don't think that Drake's not over there saying, "Hey, PG, come on, come to the Raptors." How do you leave them alone to establish a, a conversation like that without knowing at least a little bit? I'm just gonna say it's not his fault. It's all on Kawhi Leonard. You you can't put any blame on Drake. I'm not saying it's all his fault. I'm just saying he left the Raptors out to dry. So just from Question, who left him out to dry more? I think Drake left him out to dry, and partly because he wants to be the only real superstar there uh, standing in, in place for the team because you only have Siakam left currently uh, there uh, unless you want to go with Kyle Lowry, and all of those still aren't better answers than Drake. No one else would know who those players are, but everybody does know who Drake is. And after that run, they also know who Kawhi is. But how does that help if the team is irrelevant? That That's not going to help his brand with Toronto. I, I, I don't think he thought they're going to go back to back on the championships. They're just happy. I, I will leave it at I'm going to see a little of that. They're happy. But in this situation, I think Drake left them more out to dry because they wouldn't have the meeting spot or such a great meeting spot 
to create or mastermind the situation. Nah, that's Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> the master manipulator. Yeah, we can we can agree or disagree on that one. I'm not too bad on uh too sad if you're on either side like who's disappointing on either side because uh, I really didn't care for the the Kawhi move either. But we move on to more interesting news in the NBA where the New Orleans Pelicans have recently went on a great winning type streak, not a consecutive, but in the past 14 games, they have won 10. Now putting them in the hunt for the eighth spot in the playoffs in the West, the Western Conference, the most the harder conference than most people think there is. Now, even better news, Zion Williamson is now to make his debut Wednesday for the Pelicans as they do face the Spurs that day. But with the return of Zion and the success of the New Orleans Pelicans, how likely are the Pelicans to make the playoffs this year? And would it be best for the team's future if so? I would say that it is it's it's highly likely because they're not too far out of the eighth spot. Um right now it's the Memphis Grizzlies and gotten on a little bit of a run. Uh, but the team that we should be talking about is OKC, but we'll get to that another day. <laughs> but um the New Orleans Pelicans, I, I say yeah, they they can definitely make a run at the playoffs. They're only three games back of the eighth seed. But at this point, I would say it's probably not a good idea for their future because Zion Williamson, he's just coming back, and you don't want him to go into that playoff atmosphere where the defense are defenses are playing on you harder, um, refs are allowing more rough play, rough housing, uh, more fouls to be let go. So he needs to be taken with care throughout the rest of the season and let him just gradually be moved into the NBA world. Because at this point, it's, it's, it's hard to say where he's going to be with the knee and everything, and then him having a whole bunch of weight on him. He, he needs to be eased into this, and we don't need him jumping straight into the playoffs. Okay, so you're saying it's likely they make the A spot, but it's not best for their future. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. I actually absolutely agree. Uh, I think it is quite likely they make the A spot and simply off the wave of excitement with Zion's return. Uh, Brendan Egram has been going off, uh, kind of looking a little bit like a little bit younger KD uh, and becoming what they thought he may be in L.A. Uh, but overall, yeah, from what I'm seeing and from what I think Zion can provide, provide not even just talent wise but energy wise yeah i think they're kind of gonna be a shooting for that uh, a spot and now if they're in a run for it they might need to intentionally lose some games but i don't think they will so yeah i agree it would be better for their future that he did not yeah this is a nice little half tester year um get it get it measured out see what we need to do make some adjustments if they go to the playoffs there's no mercy. There's no mercy for Zion. Trust me, just as much as he wants to posterize some people, I think there's somebody out there who wants to posterize him. And that's a, this is a dangerous division to do that in. If you're in the A spot, that means you face LeBron off gate. 
You do you face the White Howard off gate. You face A D off gate. You face Javel McGee off gate in the first round. So just viewing it from that perspective, I don't think it's best at all for them to actually make the playoffs, even though it's likely they will make the playoffs. Yeah, that's I I'm pretty sure, yeah, this that's bad for their future. Uh specifically for Zion Williamson because he's just not ready. He's he hasn't played any regular season minutes and to go into the playoffs against a team like that who has barely lost any games, that would be bad. But the storylines will be great. Yeah, you didn't even dig into the storylines as much as it is like a bunch of them. It's the trade that that went down each player uh team facing each other in the first round. Uh the uh, LeBron, greatest hype to the now greatest hype uh, facing each other. Like, it is packed full of storylines right there. The NBA is salivating at that to be a possibility, and they would love that. But when it comes to actual success for that for that league, well, I mean, for actually for the league, too, for the future, but for that team, the Pelicans, it's best that they don't make the playoffs because it will be a hard road. Either way, even if you were good enough to make it to the seventh spot, you have to face the Clippers. So it's it's double negatives in that situation. Yeah, um, but they'll probably get swept anyway if they play the Lakers. <laughs> so yeah, agree. But guess what thing they'll keep intact? What's that? JJ's playoff record. JJ Redick. Boy, I bet you he want that uh, eighth spot just for that record. He has made the playoffs. Every year he's uh, played in the uh, NBA. He's made the playoffs. And the streak would break if New Orleans does not make it this year. Okay. Well, I'm going to yeah. say yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that is broken this year. I know I said that they they could probably make that eighth seed, but I'm going to say it's it's broken this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, for the success of the Pelicans, they should kind of play it out that way. But is it too late for Zion Williamson to win Rookie of the Year with all the success and impressive games by John Moran? Yeah, it, it's over. Because <laughs> even if he does go out and be impressive in this time, it, it wasn't enough time. Um, and he'll probably get injured again if he goes out there and try to be very explosive. Because that's what type of player he is. And John Morant is really making a name for himself. And if they stay in the eighth seed or higher, then that's more of a case for John Morant. And he's been playing very well, taking on the superstars of this league right now. And I can see him butting into maybe potentially one of the best players in the league. Yeah, I I can agree. Um, I think... I, even at the, if we look back, I don't know whether you remember when we were beginning in the season who we saw as rookie of the year. I said John Moran. I'm, I, I think you said Zion. I'm not trying to put that on you, but I, I think you might have said Zion. Did you? I'm not sure, but I'll, I'm pretty sure I did. Okay, no, that's a, so, uh, not to try to get down on you or nothing like that. I just kind of want to reference back. Uh, but yeah, John Moran is definitely showing that it, it, I, I was right at least in this moment. Uh, there is a I do think there's a chance for Zion to do that, and he would have to have a LeBron-esque type rookie half a year here for him to do that. 
even with that, it's still kind of hard because we're kind of already putting it in the books that John Moran actually is battling these top stars. He plays the minutes. There's no low management. There's a lot of things that are working against uh, Zion being able to be that rookie of the year. You Actually, you might have said uh, your boy who's at the Knicks. No, I definitely no, didn't okay. say him. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, we probably put him in the conversation, but that's only because he was in the top uh, picks there. I feel like we might have him in the conversation, but I know I definitely didn't pick him either. Uh, not to take any shots. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I would say, yeah, John Moran has been quite impressive. He talks trash. He is one of those top stars. And I will tell you my top five stars I am looking forward to leading this league. It's going to be, of course, Giannis, uh, Luca, John Moran. I really don't even put Zion in that list, but he will be an amazing addition to that uh, great success to the league, and even Trey Young. Yeah, maybe uh, with Trey Young. I mean, his, his team isn't really having so much success, but maybe. Agree, agree. Uh, but he, he's a, he'll be an all-star. I, I'll, I'll give you that. At some point, he's going to be an all-star uh, very soon here. But uh, we move on to college and the national championship. Well, kind of the things that happen around the national championship. As we covered last week, LSU won over Clemson in the national championship, which created the extra storylines with Odell Beckham. Yes, Odell Beckham from the Browns in the NFL, former Giants wide receiver. Well, he went under a lot of flack for appearing on TV on the field as the LSU players were celebrating, dapping them up with wads of money. First, in the first couple of days, uh, it came out, or they're claiming that the money was fake, that he was not handing out real money. And this is only really a problem due to the NCAA rules around college players receiving money under almost any circumstance other than them giving them that money. Now, for these players, it's unfortunate that they have such an honest quarterback, or at least a quarterback who does not feel there can actually be uh, penalties levied on him. As Joe Burrow, the MVP of the, uh, of the, of the national championship, along with Heisman Trophy winner, and more than likely the number one pick in the NFL draft, states within a week that the wads of money that Odell Beckham was handing out was actual real money. Well, of course, there's a lot of questions that are going to come about, about uh, who gave the money back, where was the money real, and things like that. As Joe Burrow has checked that box on it, that money being real. But there's another story that comes about with Odell Beckham, where he has been dished out a warrant for his arrest and his involvement in just simply smacking the booty of a security guard in the locker room. We've seen the video, and if not, it's very short. You can see it because uh, it actually was on camera that Odell Beckham childishly goes over and smacks the security guard on the butt. Now, it has also recently come out that he will not actually level any penalties behind what they call simple assault on an officer as a one of his arrests uh, for his arrest was out for a short period of time. But 
with all of this, these storylines and seem to be trouble from Odell Beckham, how much trouble do you really think Beckham caused for LSU? And does it really matter? I think he caused a little bit of trouble for the for LSU, but it, it really doesn't matter. All of what he did is pretty minor. Um, some people might take it over the over the edge and say that he he paid college players just for playing like something that's illegal in, in the NCAA. But I, I say it's that's nothing too big. And also with the security guard, I, I guess if you don't like being touched. Yeah, you can go and file something, but it's not like he he touched the woman. It, it, it was a man who was the security guard, and I'm not sure. Oh, Muhammad, how sexist! I'm playing. I'm playing. Wait, say what? I said, oh, Muhammad, how sexist! But I was playing, of course. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, he's 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 not a. I mean the. The person that he smacked on the butt was not a woman. Of and course, I was just joking. I was I was just making fun of the era of the times. So I, I, I guess something yeah, like yeah. That was yeah. But I, I'm just saying. It, I mean, he was in the men's locker room. I mean, dudes do that all the time. You know, good play, all that stuff. But it's it's really nothing too serious. The security guard, I guess, he was offended and wanted to maybe get some attention and some money, but. I don't think any further actions were put out there, uh, but Odell Beckham he caused a little bit of trouble for the team, but it's all in fun. Doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't matter. Um, I think he he might have been able to get some attention from this, like maybe like trying to, um, and it definitely does help his brand, I guess. But it's really nothing too big. I agree. As much as we shine such a light on it, and it seems like a lot. It's really absolutely nothing. Uh, he does not play in college, so there's nothing the NCAA can do. Um, LSU, once again, are you about to ask for the national championship back? No, you, you just don't want that negative light when you can't even punish the person who's whatever you want to say to blame, which he was really only giving money to players who actually deserve the money. Uh, and whether does it really matter? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And it also shows that the NCAA doesn't matter. I actually kind of like it. it it's a, it's a, a loogie right in the face of the NCAA right on TV. Odin Beckham didn't design it to be that way, but it's just showing the days of the NCAA are going to be slightly numbered when it comes to controlling grown young adults' income. Uh, in this situation, Odin Beckham literally in front of the cameras. There's not, this is not hearsay. This is not, uh, we saw it in the corner. This is a, he went right in front of the camera and dapped him up with real money in their hands. And there's nothing they can do. So it does not matter as the NCAA will now no longer matter when it comes to money um, or controlling money of these college players. Yeah, um, I say, why not play him? I mean, a lot of people are against it, saying, why should you pay players? They're there to go to school, but the school doesn't treat them that way. So I, I, I'm for the players getting however much money they can. 
I'm down for Uncle Beckham. You know, Uncle Sm- Snoop. He, he looking out. Uncle, Uncle Beckham out here. Uncle Beckham out here. Here's some money. Here, here 400. Go ahead. Have a good night. I'm down with that Beckham. As much as it looked like a bad light on him, I see it as a good light. And I like his challenging of the NCAA, whether intentionally or in- unintentionally. Yeah, I like it, but I'm pretty sure he's not going to be handing out money all the time because um, he's no, he had was on some that fines. Goose. He was on that Shannon Shark. He was on that uh that Henny. Uh, what do you call it? That hen dog. That hen dog. That black and mouth. I don't know about the black and mouth. He he still got to run some routes, but he was on that dog. Okay. <laughs> on that hen dog. But <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, Shay Sharp. Oh yeah, Shay Shay. I know, yeah, Shay Shay. He he listening. He listening in. He listening with y'all. But we we'll move on to the uh, next subject. As we probably go a little far on that one. But um, on a side of note, there is an unexpected retirement that has come from a quite young player at the age of 28, Lou Keekley, star linebacker for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, on TV, he has a heartfelt. Goodbye to the NFL fans saying that uh, not in so many words, as I'm saying now, but pretty much to sum it up, says that he will be retiring, would love to play, but do and partly crying and having to take himself back respectively, of course, says that he does not think it's a good idea for him to continue to play football where he is at a very young uh, age and such a great big star in the league. Uh, It is really putting a lot of people on notice and scared some into retiring also on the Carolina Panthers as they are not ready to be a part of a complete rebuild as they're at the later part of their careers, age-wise exactly. But – how bad does Luke Keekley's retirement look on the NFL as a whole? As a whole, it's it's a huge black eye to the league because the, here's a guy who's in the prime of his career, uh, young age, and playing at a high level ever since he got in the league. And now he comes out just out of nowhere saying that he wishes that he could still play, but doesn't feel like he can play at the level uh would like to. And he doesn't go out and say it, but I'm pretty sure it's for health concerns due to concussions and maybe bone fractures. I'm not sure, but probably mainly to concussions and his long-term health down the road. And he's looking out for himself, which you can't blame him for that. So that this is a huge black guy on the NFL and, it's it's going to deter a lot of a lot more people from staying in the league for a long time. Now, people are still going to want to go into the league and gain as much money as they can in a short amount of time. But it's going to be very hard to see these people just go out and play 20 years and play into age 40 uh, like Tom Brady, Drew Brees um, and a few other players. I completely agree. It is a bad black eye. And just to kind of reference uh, Tom Brady, he's he might become the GOAT even 
even though, of course, he's going to have six Super Bowls, but the longevity of his career is is unmatched right now. Um, I, I don't know many other players who I don't think I know any player who has that amount of rings and has played that amount of time and is still looking to go into another year of playing football as we already had. Uh, Andrew Luck, uh, we had Megatron, receiver, retire, oh, Luke Keekley, of course, the most recent. Um, it's a very big black eye, especially with the Aaron Hernandez documentary that came out on Netflix. I know a lot of people have uh, taken in that documentary, which, uh, of course, this is going left field, but what I took from it, it really wasn't much positive other than that we might be able to blame some of his actions on CTE, on extreme brain trauma. It it does not look good either way. If we're just going to dissect away from like all the other stuff he actually did, because we're not going to get into all of that. When it came to the stuff about actual football and what effect he might have had on his decision-making, it makes a lot of people step back, especially when in the uh, documentary they said he had one of the mo- worst cases they've ever seen when they examined a football player's head, uh, brain after death. So with Luke Keekley, especially uh, concentrating on the fact that he had a lot of concussions, he even wore a specialized uh, shoulder pads to hold his head in place and things like that to keep from concussions. And he's, even with all of that, he's been forced, being forced into retirement, knowing it's not a good idea. That means he's way past help. He's way past a normal life when it comes to his his injuries and how he's going to have to live with it going forward only at being at the age 28 yeah he was very concerned from his health he didn't go out there and say that but we could tell um you know doctor had to concussions. you know a doctor had to yeah they had, they had to and have that hard talk with him they had to sit there and tell him his career is over or he's probably going to die possibly <laughs> that's the only thing I can think he make he would actually be like yo I, I really really want to play but this is just not a good idea like he, they put it to me 10 different ways this is not a good idea and I'd be stupid to go back on that field that's the way that's the feel I got off from him having to be taken back from knowing it wasn't a good idea despite all his thoughts I'm not going to say that the doctor was that blunt I mean like you, you're just going to die not but, die, but you have a, you want to live a life that you want to live going forward. Yeah, I, I agree. Injuries, things like that. I agree. Like you, you want to be able to play with your children and grandchildren and be able to respond to them. And I think that's tell them of, about your glory days. I think he's past that point. I think that's the only reason why you propose something like that. That's the normal football player's injury. Is <laughs> is oh you ain't gonna be able to play with your kids and run around the uh, around the. Uh, the yard after the age of 45. That's the normal football players um, history line. That's the normal. I think he had to be past a critical point that they had to put it plainly to tell him your best idea is to stop completely. I don't know if it was like that. Um, well, it's hard otherwise, to say. Don't they, isn't it a tough man's world? You play through injury. You can play through anything. You can play through this. I think anything short of that that's the only thing that would keep him from doing something like that. Well, it's a different world now. Players have a lot more access to information and their health. Like there was this one guy, he 
he was very good in his one year. He played for the 49ers. I think his name was like Borland or something like that. People were looking for him to go into next to the next season playing very well, being one of the 49ers up and coming franchise players. But then all of a sudden he retires. And this guy, he was in that Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix, but he, he was the bald head guy, the, the white guy. Um, but he, he took his health into his own hands, just knowing from the history of other players and what might potentially happen to him if he stays in the league for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I, of course, I fell asleep a little bit during the documentary. I'm sorry, <laughs> don't don't blame me. <laughs> but I so watched I all three me. hours all at once. Yeah, so you're talking about the Irishman without the plot. I tried to watch that. I turned it off after five minutes. <laughs> of what the Irishman? Yeah, the Irishman. Wow, you could I you could last a three hours of what you already knew the conclusion was. Yeah, but you get <laughs> last to the three hours of great stars. That's just a joke at you, but um, <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I know that went awry a little bit there because I know I just really was saying I fell asleep on part of the documentary, but I didn't see that uh, that guy. I do have to look back. I'm pretty sure, of course, you're providing us with uh, the right information on that. Um, so I, I'll just move to the next question. How do you see Andrew Lux and Luke Keekley's retirement changing the minds of other players? on how long they will play football. I don't think it's going to exactly change their mind going forward because they've seen recent players, even before Andrew Luck and Luke Keekley retire, they're just going to try to get as much money as they can in a short amount of time and then tap out and say, I'm done. It's, it's really going to be hard to see a lot of players playing long-term in the league. Uh, just having all the knowledge of uh, concussions and the effects on their long-term health. Um, so I, I say no more than what they were already going to do because they've already seen players just before them, and they're just going to collect all the money that they can. Okay. I, I definitely agree on the no more than the others, uh, but it depends on who you're measuring that against. Uh it's going to be a case by case. It's, it might be the haves and the haves nots. Uh, I, I'll just kind of point out Adrian Peterson. He's still in the league. He plays for the Washington Redskins, if people don't know, because he's kind of in exile over there with the Redskins. But part of the reason he's still playing is because he's in debt. And I, as I read on the recent story, he, uh, one big reason he is pl- still playing is because he's trying to play off debt. So that does mean once he retires, he doesn't have the money to live that lifestyle pretty much at all. Uh, and whether he's dealt with concussions, whether he's dealt with injuries, whether he's dealt with whatever he's dealt with, uh, like, for example, when he tore his ACL that year and then won MVP the following year, uh, it's, it's just going to be a problem to have and have nots. Who, who can afford to and who can't afford to? And we're going to see bad examples of maybe the camera does point more towards these retired players. And we can shine more light on it that way. But as history shown, we really don't. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like these these players are just going to try to get their one contract, stay throughout that contract, or maybe to the end of it, somewhere near it, and then go out and retire because there, there's too many bad effects from just playing football on your long-term health. True. And this is not a player-driven uh, league at all. They'll replace you extremely quick. They'll replace you within a game. Uh, this is not like basketball at all. Um, so football is going to have a complicated future, very complicated future. There's way too much knowledge out, and for good reasons, uh, because there's been way too many addictions to pain medicine, Um uh, life debilitating injuries and simply not enough success or money to supply the negatives to uh post career. And I kinda leave it at that. Yeah, I agree. Right, so uh moving on to the actual football game. Sorry not to down you about football. Uh but there was the game the exciting game against the Chiefs and the Titans. Well, you really didn't know who was going to come out on top. Was it the Titans running game or the Chiefs star quarterback, Patrick Mahomes? Well, let me go ahead and break the news to you. The Chiefs won, and it was the impressive Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs routed the Tennessee Titans to now make it to the Super Bowl. Now, so are you crowning Patrick Mahomes as the best quarterback ever or is the hype getting out of hand the hype is getting way out of hand this man has not won one championship yet and they're saying he could be the best or is the best ever that's that's blasphemous of a thing to say right now his legacy is just starting let's take some time slow it down i know in this day and age people like to jump at the first thing that they see, but we need to slow it down. Now, of course, he's a great talent. He is one of the best that I've seen come into the league, especially coming in at this age. But I'm not going to go and say he's the best ever. He he still has a lot of stuff to prove. He has to win at least one championship. And it's it's not like he doesn't have other parts around him that are great talent and a very good offensive minded coach who has been to the Super Bowl before and to these games before he even stepped into the league. So I say slow it down and let's give it time. I I can uh, definitely agree on that. Uh, now, is it the best ever? I don't know, but I do know he's the best quarterback in the entire NFL. It's no longer a debate. Uh, I, I, I'm highly impressed with Lamar Jackson, and I'm very much a fan of Lamar Jackson, maybe even a little bit more a fan of Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes because I favor the more talented runner in this situation. But it's hands down Patrick Mahomes as the best quarterback in the league right now. Hype is getting out of hand at the same time, though. I think it's more of a, a LeBron and, like, Who's next up effect? The same effect to Tom Brady. They don't know when he's going to leave out. It could be any day. It could be any time. It could be any drive. So they're trying to go ahead and usher in their next golden boy. Aaron Rodgers is not going to last the distance. 
I think he retires before he gets another chance. Um, and we'll, we'll actually address that a little bit later on. I'm sorry not to uh, hit that shot out there so early. But I, I, I do think that, yeah, hype has gotten out of hand, and it's more of a situation where they're trying to pass the torch, and the people who were up next have kind of disappeared, as Andrew Luck is no longer a hope for being a great, and Aaron Rodgers is going to be who he is currently. I don't think his his legacy gets even any better. <laughs> um. Okay. Um. All right. We, we can address uh, Aaron Rodgers next because he will be in the next uh, questions. So okay. we'll focus on Patrick Mahomes. I know you want to address it. Okay. Um. But yeah, Patrick Mahomes. This this hype is getting out of hand. Um. Let this man win one championship first, and then let's see how the rest of his career plays out. Let's not be too quick to crown a QB who's been in the league for three years and hasn't won a championship yet. Yeah, I, I agree. So was there anything the Titans could have done to get past the Chiefs as they uh, lost 35 to 24? Um, put more pressure on Patrick Mahomes because it didn't seem like there was much. Looks like they just dropped back and tried to play in zone or main coverage. And then that poor tackling on that rushing touchdown that, that he had. And I'm pretty sure it's due to past uh, penalties that they've seen other players get just trying to hit the quarterback. So they just try to arm tackle or try to flip the ball out of his hand instead of actually laying the wood down on him. That, that was just poor tackling. And it's just an accumulation from all those penalties from previous players that they just didn't want to deal with. Um, but, yeah, put more pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And I think the 49ers will put more pressure on him with that front four. Okay, I can I can agree on that, but I think it's uh, even simpler than that. They needed a better quarterback. Uh, I, I, I can't, we can't get around the fact that they need a better quarterback. You... Need a better defense to have such a lacking quarterback. I, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to underline quarterback and leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. They they do need a better quarterback, but he, he was good in what he did in, in his spot. He showed up in his moments and performed, but you know, that's, that's not enough. He, he's not on Patrick Mahomes level and he never will be. Yeah, Tannehill um, won't. And sorry, I didn't say his name, but Tannehill, that's the that's the quarterback I uh, was kind of hint, hinting towards. I should have left him nameless. I mean, no, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> or like they knew his uh, name they, anyway. <laughs> yeah, but they they got away from the game plan. Also, um, they they stopped trying to run Derrick Henry. What got them there? But um, we'll, we'll hopefully see more pressure put on him in. The Super Bowl. I don't want it to be a blowout. Great, and you kind of already uh, let it be known that the 49ers were the winners of the matchup between the Packers and the 49ers. As the 49ers come out on top, 37 to 20, and making 49ers the other contender in this coming Super Bowl within the next two weeks. Chiefs versus 49ers as your LIV live Super Bowl. Um, now. Do you, with this matchup with the Packers and the 49ers, where the 49ers pretty much dominated, but not fully dominated all the way through, 
there's more questions about the Packers side, of course, more than the 49ers at the 49ers go on to go to the Super Bowl. So I ask, do you see this as Aaron Rodgers' best chance at getting to another Super Bowl? Or you think there is more grandeur for him in the later part of his career? I say, yeah, he, he definitely has another chance to go to the Super Bowl. Let's look and see who will be the, that challenge in the NFC. Um, of course, you got Russell Wilson. Um, the 49ers seem like they, they, they're not going anywhere anytime soon, and they have a very well-rounded team. And then Drew Brees, I mean, he's, he's on his last legs, and I'm, I'm thinking Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to last longer than him. And, I mean, who else is in the NFC right now that can be a challenge? I, I feel like he definitely has – a lot more chances to get to the Super Bowl. He just has to cash in on those chances and just play better because this was one of his – it's his worst season. Well, it might be. I'm not sure. But he, he didn't play that well this season. And they need some other weapons to complement Devontae Adams along with Aaron Jones and some defensive pieces that won't just fold whenever they see a guy running at them. Mm-hmm. So you already know I said what I said. Aaron Rodgers is not going to get another Super Bowl. Um, and uh, just to kind of go back to when I was mentioning it a little bit before, I think this is the best Aaron Rodgers is going to be. His his legacy is set as who he is now. Uh, and I've already lamented before that I don't think he he does more than he has to. He he definitely carries a team. But he's not going to carry you over the edge without help. And I don't see it on the rest of the team. Actually, this is probably this is a whole lot better result on their year than they actually the result of the year. They're 10 and I think they were 10 and six. That's no, a whole 13 lot, and three. 13 and three. Sorry about that. I, I did put a disrespect on their uh, on their season. There was a whole lot better than that. 13 and three season is not from what they actually look like. I think it was a due to competition and somehow things played their way I don't think there's a better upside for the Packers and I think Aaron Rodgers more than likely retires in the next three years and is over the whole football thing wow I am gonna say in that game against the 49ers he he looked dissatisfied like he like he wasn't into it especially on that fumble he wanted no oh yeah he just looked at it like yeah Hope y'all get that. Yeah, he he just walked away. He went straight to the bench. He knew it was not going to be theirs. Boy, it was so clear. It hit his hands. He saw, like, within a uh, millimeters of it leaving his hand, he was like, man, I'm not getting that. I'm backing out. And with no one even knowing it dropped on the ground. I don't even think the center knew. (laughs) No, but, I mean, that's that's also another strike in his uh, legacy right there. So, I mean, you might be right, but I feel like he can still get one more championship in those next few years. I definitely don't think so. Not at all. And you don't want him to. No, (laughs) it's not even that I don't want him to. I'm just I'm kind of being a little bit more realistic. He does not have a good defense. He he just doesn't. He doesn't have Erlacher over there. Uh, He does Uh, not. You don't need that. Yes, I I understand. I don't absolutely need that, but I'm just going to lay it on. I'm just going to lay it on on the things he's going to have to overcome. 
he's going to have to overcome Russell Wilson's uh, race to getting another Super Bowl, which I think Russell Wilson does get another Super Bowl. Uh, you're going to have to also deal with the 49ers being good. You're going to also have to deal with the Cowboys in the NFC because I think they actually will do a little bit better in these next couple of years. Jump There's, on the hype train, no, right? No, 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 no. Definitely not. Definitely Back on the fan. Nowhere near the fan bandwagon on that one at all. I just say that they, in the regular season, will do good enough against the Packers. And I just think after, if there's two lame duck seasons coming up, Aaron Rodgers retires in two years. I just don't see him retire. I don't see him in the league past three years. I just don't see it. And especially with this uh, new uh, uh, head coach, and if they believe in him, and it, it would be about time to let go of Aaron Rodgers at that point, you would at least give him a chance to establish his own quarterback unless you traded him out. Well, okay, this is probably better. I don't see Aaron Rodgers being on the Packers in the next three years, after three years. Okay, that, that that's fair. Um, but I say he still gets another chance at a Super Bowl. I mean, I could if he wrong. does, it's it not matter to me. If he does, it's okay. not with the Packers. That that's fair. Okay, I like that compromise. So uh, then we move on to our now are the Forty ers the best overall team this year, or did the Forty ers um, work more towards their strengths? I think they're the best overall team this year. I mean, you, you got a top five defense that has first round picks on the defensive line all over the place. And then you have Sherman holding down the back end in the uh, in the secondary. Then on offense, they got weapons everywhere. They got the uh, rookie wide receiver Debo Samuel, who's like a freight train running every time he gets the ball. And then you got George Kittle, top two tight end in the league. And then the offensive mind of Kyle Shanahan, he's an offensive genius. Now, I might get disproven in the Super Bowl, but I'm just going to say for right now, he's an offensive genius. For Jimmy Garoppolo to only attempt eight passes the whole game and they won in a blowout fashion is ridiculous. Like, they don't even need a quarterback. We could have been out there and won that game. That's how good <laughs> that team is. Now, I mean, well, they could easily lose the game, but I just think they're the most well-rounded team this this year. Well, I think you made my case for me. They didn't need a quarterback to win that game. They played towards <laughs> their strengths. <laughs> they played toward their strengths. So, with the comparison on whether they're the best overall team, because really I still think the best overall team was the Baltimore Ravens. Even though they lost to the Titans, they just they had no remedy for that. I, I still believe in the 2019-2020 season, it's still the Baltimore Ravens with the best all-around team. Defense, running back, oh, not so much running back, but uh, uh, the quarterback slash running back, all of that. I believe they were the best all-around team. 49ers played heavily towards their dominant strengths. They were lacking in one. And not really lacking, it's just subpar. It doesn't really need to be used. When it comes to Jimmy G, 
it is quite masterful to not need a quarterback at all and never need him to be tested other than one game. And I can't remember exactly that game. Was it the Packers? I can't remember. No, it was against the Saints. Saints. Okay, sorry about it. Yeah, the Saints. That is literally the only game he was ever challenged to have to have to be a quarterback when they had to lean on him. He is not playing A. He is not playing B. And he he ain't even playing C. He's maybe playing F. <laughs> yeah, he he might be the weakest link on that team, but he he's no slouch. He he he's a good quarterback. Okay. I'll leave it at that. And and on most teams, West playing A. Who's your lead? Most teams is the 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 quarterback. Yeah. So if you're playing maybe S, because I can list out first plan is defense for 49ers. Second plan, running. Third plan, special teams. Fourth plan, a good kicker. Five is maybe Jimmy G. They might even find something better there. I'm not going to put them below the kicker now. That's disrespectful. You sure about that? Kickers win games. You, you're going off the last game. <laughs> but because think about it. If, you, if he can't move the ball and they get to a point where they can kick field goals, you kick three field goals, that's nine points. I still think they put the kicker in plans more than they put Jimmy G in plans. That's no. <laughs> so eight passes. No. Damn, that much money. Eight like he was the highest paid quarterback at one time to do I nothing. No, no, I hear you, but I'm talking about in the game plan, and I'm talking about the game plan for the Super Bowl and pretty much this whole season. Kicker, I'm, kicker, I'm, one kick is worth about eight eight passes. I'm pretty sure he's going to have to have to throw way more than eight passes in the Super Bowl. Sure? Yeah. Oh, yeah, unless, you're right. You're unless right, you're the right. Chiefs he's get gonna dominated, to. I'm, I'm right. pretty sure. No, you're, you're definitely right. He will have to. It's about whether he can, though. He can. He, he can. On a vulnerable defense, yeah, he, he can throw against them because uh, he has plenty of weapons. Okay. So you definitely lead me into this. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? And how do you see it playing out? It's it's way too early to make a prediction right now. I'm on the edge. We only got one more week. On the fence. Yeah, so let, let's do that next gonna, week. Okay, but, we'll we'll play <laughs> we'll play it out next week. But I do see this as being a shootout. I hope so. I hope so. Okay, so I'll I'll just move it on so we don't even kind of get goaded into picking our picks, but. We have the last news with Antonio Brown and being dropped by his agent, Drew Rosenhaus. Now, of course, A.B. cannot stay out of the news as he recently posted a video on IG of him cursing out his baby mother and cursing at the police as he spits uh, constant ignorance to both parties. Uh, he is also recently in the news for uh, having beef with a YouTube star where he is now planning out a full-on boxing match with a fight, and this YouTube star is actually a trained fighter in real life. So, I ask, has Antonio Brown run out of all his lifelines to an NFL career? Oh, yeah. It's over for him. Um, really, the beginning of the end was whenever he was released by the Patriots. We just didn't clearly see it. But it's over for him. He's been dropped by his agent. Everybody's telling him to go get help. He's out here making Instagram videos 
and disrespecting his the 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 mother of his children uh for the whole world to see and just bad publicity all over the place and i feel like he's probably trying to prepare for his next career as a boxer or ufc or wherever that is uh just like greg hardy the other guy you, you might not know what i'm talking about but he oh, for the Cowboys Hardy. last. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and he went into, uh, I think it was UFC. So, he Antonio he's Brown is... not bad. He's not bad at yeah. UFC either. Yeah, so Antonio Brown is just you getting know, like ready for his like next this. career. <laughs> okay. All right. That's not going to help him with this. But um, oh. it's, he's I'll just preparing for his Hardy. next career. Greg Hardy. Oh, oh, Greg Hardy. Oh, I thought you yeah, Antonio you Brown. Yeah, you know he got it in trouble for we like it was a joke on that something we should make a joke on but yeah <laughs> that's all i was just yeah saying. come on man insensitive it's the me too movement and everything no no <laughs> i was only making <laughs> a joke because he, that was literally the only uh only like previous history he had fighting was fighting a his baby mother or a female and then he went to the ufc because he kept making it in the NFL. Uh, now, I don't think Antonio Brown can make it in the UFC at, at all. Now, Greg Hardy just so happens to be big, very strong, and has a whole lot of pent-up anger. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case for Antonio Brown. It may have an extreme bad effect if he gets in that, any type of ring. I don't think this is a good idea for him in any way to even fight this U2 star. Because he gets knocked out, oh my god, the shame is will be unbearable. But for some reason, he will co- still continue to go down this road. Yeah, he's just going to find some type of excuse to get into something else. And it, he's just in it for the publicity. Uh, I, I guess it helps his brain, but not really. Not in my eyes. Agree. Agree. Uh, but we're going to end it there. And uh, next week, we're going to give you a whole lot of great information. Maybe my voice will be a little bit better. I did make it. Uh, but this has been So You Think You Know Sports. We move into the last part, which is the quick question part. Of course, like always, it is three questions, multiple choice. Your choice is about as your guess is about as good as mine. Muhammad comes up with the questions. I come on, try to give you some commentary as I answer the questions and try to get them right. Go ahead with the first question, Muhammad. What is the Dallas Cowboys mascot's name? A. Rowdy. B. Blue. Or C. Blitz. Sheesh. I'm really not sure. Uh, As of course, a past fan, I mean. Well, of course. <laughs> of course, his, uh, he is a cow in a way, or uh, not really a cow, a, a bull, because he has horns, which is actually counterproductive in this situation. Yeah, I'm, I'm way off on this one, but uh, it's a long horn that the mascot resembles. Good. I guess just repeat the question and answer again, and I might get it right. I'm not quite sure. What is the Dallas Cowboys mascot's name? A, Rowdy, B, Blue, or C, Blitz? Now, I'm talking about more specifically, you know, the guy who dresses up in the costume. Now, this this isn't like an actual yeah. cow. No, no, I know what you're talking about. It, it okay. looks like a cow. The, he- the helmet part, the head part does. Okay. Yeah, um, like a longhorn uh, from yeah. Texas. But, um, like, 
in a perfect world, he would be named Rowdy, but I really think it's Blitz. Final answer? Yeah. That's wrong. You should have went with your first instinct, which is Rowdy. Wow. Uh, I guess it was a perfect world. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I actually, I think it's the Texans uh, um, mascot this name Blitz. Yeah, it's one of those. Uh, I forgot which one, but I didn't take it from I, I somebody else. I remember seeing a cow-like head with Blitz on the back of it, and I kept seeing Texans uh, colors in my head on the mascot, but I just was like, hey, it's a long horn, and I've seen Blitz on the back of the jersey thing. I really do think the Texans one is bliss. I know that doesn't count, but yeah, go ahead with the second question. All right. What NFL team has lost a record nine straight postseason games? A, Bengals, B, Lions, or C, Jets? Oh. See, I don't think Detroit gets there. You're talking about football, right? Yeah, football. Football. All right. Yeah, I, I don't think the uh, Detroit Lions really get there, and the Bengals have sucked for a good while now. But uh, that is it's hard. Those are some kind of sucky teams. Repeat it one more time. What NFL team has lost a record nine straight postseason games? A. Bengals. B. Lions. Or C. Jets. I'm really stuck between. The Jets and the Bengals. It's just whether the Bengals actually made the playoffs that many times in the past couple of years. I know it can be sure spread out over a certain amount of years, but it's it's kind of hard on this one. Um, I have a little bit more faith on the Jets, so I'm gonna say it's the Bengals. That's wrong. That would be the next closest one. It's the Lions. What? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, the well, Lions. I ain't too mad at losing, uh, uh, getting that one wrong, but go ahead with the last question. All right. Which NBA player made a cameo appearance in the 2016 comedy movie Office Christmas Party? A, Carmelo Anthony, B, Jimmy Butler, or C, Steph Curry? Ooh. You know what's crazy? I remember the hockey player that was in that. Uh, <laughs> movie, but I cannot remember. But yeah, go ahead and repeat the question after again. I'm gonna try to get this one right. I might get them all wrong here. Which NBA player made a cameo appearance in the 2016 comedy movie Office Christmas Party? A. Carmelo Anthony. B. Jimmy Butler. Or C. Steph Curry. It's Jimmy Butler. That's right. Because <laughs> I, I, I knew it wasn't Carmelo. When you say Carmelo again, I was like, I know it ain't Carmelo. Carmelo ain't doing it. And I was like, uh, Steph ain't did that either. And I know I would have seen, I remembered if I saw either one of them. And I was like, I think I remember Jimmy Butler. It's Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that's right. You got that one. <laughs> I do like the questions, though. I do like the questions. But this has been So You Think You Know Sports. We'll see you next week.